so I want, I want to, I want to, I want to try something with you guys here before we, we get kicked off. Um, my prayer so often when I get to speak to a new group, and, and let me tell you, just up front, it's, it's just a privilege to be here. Um, we, we, in grants, we pray about you guys. Um, we specifically pray for AFC all the time. We have, some, we have some people from grants that are here that are a part of this, and that and, you know, we love that. We love to be connected um, with you guys. And so, so it's a privilege, it's an honor uh, to just be here uh, with all of you. And I'm, I'm, we're just thankful for all of the work that the Lord is doing, the way that the kingdom is being advanced. Um, because you guys are here, because like you exist right here in Las Cruces, New Mexico, because you go to school across the street or wherever, you go and you work in this place, so, so we love that. I, but I want to try, I want to do something real quick. It's always important for me when I come and speak to a, a new group. Um, I talk about Jesus all the time, but I want you, but before I talk about Jesus, like I want you to meet him. I want you to meet this Jesus that, that we're actually talking about, that I'm teaching about, that I'm preaching about. I want you to meet him first, then we can talk about him. So often it's like we talk about him, we talk about him, we talk, and we never meet him. We never meet him at all. And so I want you to meet him first. You guys want to meet him? Because I want you to meet him. All right. Wow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's what we call divine intervention. Boom. The Lord said, let there be heat or air or whatever it is, and we're good, because we're going to meet him. All right, here's, so, when we meet Jesus, too many times we disconnect, like meeting Jesus through somebody. You just meet him through each other. It's how we were designed. It's how we were built. doesn't matter what you believe or what you've, you know, what you've grown up believing. None of those things. That's how you were designed. That's how you were built to meet him through each other. And so we do this thing where we just, we just take some time and we, and, and we just pray into each other's lives and we bless each other and we encourage each other and we do that in, in some real specific ways. Now, now, one question that I always ask is like when we come into groups that, that I haven't talked about, like how many of you have never prayed for anybody in your life? In your life? All right, nobody. Nobody in this room? How many of you have never like, have never really like spent time like, you know, praying um, with somebody for specific things or you've never like, you've never said prayer, like you, the prayer that you say is just like um, before a meal or something like that. Uh, how many, how many of you is, is that the case? Nobody? All right, good. You guys be perfect then. You'll be pros at this. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. Prayer is just simple. It's just really simple. It's just, it's just, if you've ever, like if you've ever talked to somebody else, if you've ever asked somebody else for something, if you've ever thanked somebody else for like being in your life, if you've ever like confided in somebody else, then like you know how to pray. Because that's just what we do. I mean, that's just so much about what we make of this Christian life or what we call the Christian life or following Jesus. So much about church is so complicated. It's like, who would ever want to be a part of that? But I'm here to tell you, it's like, this is the best life to live. It's the best life to live. It's a privilege to live. It's an honor to live it. So many of us is like go to church. It's not a privilege and it's not an honor. It's like a duty and it's a responsibility. It's like just something, the next thing on my list that I have to do or somebody's going to show up. So maybe I should be there. But it's a privilege and it's an honor to be part of a family. That's what it's supposed to be. And part of that is just like talking to each other and talking to the Lord to each other about each other. I know some of you have walked in here with stuff. You just carried it in here. You walked in here with it. You didn't want to walk in here with it. You didn't want to walk in here like shackled by it and enslaved by it, but you just did. You just did. 
One of my favorite things about living this life with the Lord is like when people, like when they just get a grip and they grasp and they realize that he's really real. This God that we're talking about that I don't even know if he, like he's really real. And I found it in that moment. I found it in that moment when I was sitting in that chair, when people around, I found it in that moment that he's really real. And I had questions leading up to this and I didn't know about it, but I found it in that moment. I want you to experience him. I want you to encounter him. I want you to, to, to figure out this, to come face to face with this Jesus before we ever start talking about him, before we ever start preaching about him. Because I don't want you to just know about him. I want you to just know him. So two wildly different things. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask, I'm just going to ask, and, and the first thing I'm going to ask you to do, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to take a risk. That's part of what, it's part of what any of life is about. You just got to take a chance. You got to take a risk. I'm going to ask you, to take a risk in a place that's safe in a place that's like it's okay to take a risk and it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be all these things that maybe I'm scared to do out there whatever I'm going to ask you to be brave just be brave just have a second of courage a moment of courage and to take a risk so I've been asking the Lord about what are some things that we need to highlight that we need to hit what are some things that we need to speak into into our lives that are wrecking some of our lives, that are, get us all tied up in knots. We don't know what we're going to do. So the first thing that I think, the first, this first area that I think he wants us to pray in, you know, this is a, we live in a world that has such a tendency to struggle and deal with this black cloud that we just call depression. Younger and younger kids, just dealing with it all the time. And we start into college, we start trying to figure things out. We start dealing with this thing, and it's overwhelming. In a second, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And if you're dealing with that, if that's like a black cloud in your life, if that's something that, that keeps you tied up and keeps you from going places and keeps you from doing things, then I'm going to ask you to stand. Not yet, not yet. And then we're going to speak into that area. We're going to speak life into that. We're going to speak the words of the Lord into that. And it doesn't matter if you're used to this or not. I love to see how God uses people that aren't the professionals, that aren't the paid ministers, that aren't, that aren't staff, that didn't go to school for any of this stuff. He just uses people that are his children to break chains and to free, to free people and to see them healed and delivered because this has to be normal life. This has to be normal life for all of us. This can't just happen in this room, in this gym on Wednesday nights. It has to happen on campus. It has to happen in your frat houses, in your sorority houses. It has to happen in those places. It has to happen in the places that you do life. Because that's what following Jesus is about. So the first one here, first one. All right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for God to give you courage. And I believe that he'll do it. Because he's just good. And then if you're dealing with that, if you're dealing with that, I'm going to invite you to have a moment of courage and stand there. So let me pray first. Let me pray. And then you guys, you guys, you're just going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Maybe you've never been that before. People are going to encounter Jesus through you, through your words. We're like, I don't even know if I'm saying this right. 
I don't even know if I'm doing this right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You and the Lord are actually looking for the same things. You come here and you want authenticity and you want genuineness and you want something real. You don't want something fake. You want to see people that are actually living this life. And God wants the same thing out of you. He wants authenticity. He wants genuineness. He doesn't want you coming to him with these rote prayers that mean nothing to you. He wants you to tell. He wants you to talk to him from your heart. If you're angry with him, if you're angry with him, he doesn't want you coming to him and saying, oh, Lord, I love you. It's just roses and flowers all day long. He said, I know you don't believe that. All through scripture, people were angry with him. and They told him. And he honored them for their authenticity, their genuineness. So bring your heart. Bring your authentic, real heart and have some courage. So Father, in this moment, right now, as they sit there, give them courage. Make them brave in this moment in ways that maybe they're not used to. Give them a heart that's filled with courage for a second. Courage for a second. To want to break free from all that entangles them. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. If you struggle, if you deal with depression that may cripple your life in any way, I want you to be brave. I want you to be brave in this moment. And I want you to just stand up. I just want you to stand up. God honors your bravery. We're not going to leave them hanging. You that are sitting down, you that are around them, you guys, you guys are the ones that are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So turn around, look around. I want you to start gathering. I want people to start gathering around, those that are standing up here. Oh, but this is awkward, this is crazy. It doesn't matter, it's okay. <laughs> It'll be over in a second. Those that stood up, I want you to interview them real quick. Interview them real quick. What's going on? How does this affect your life? Because we are about to speak life into that area. There was death there before. But we're going to speak life there right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. So begin to interview them. Ask them what you're praying about. Ask them what you're speaking life into. And then speak into that very situation. Speak into that very situation. Pray into that very situation. Even if you've never prayed before, you don't know how to do this, doesn't matter. Your prayers often are the best ones because you don't have to work through all this other stuff. We're just praying to the God in heaven in the name of Jesus. Those of you that are being prayed for, just receive. Just position your hearts to receive. Receive all that the Lord wants to give you in this moment. Just receive, just receive, just receive. We want you to be set free. You weren't built to be crippled by this. You weren't built to be hindered by this black cloud that just follows you around. You were built to live free. You were built to experience real joy. Real joy. 
After you finish praying with them, ask them. Interview them again. Ask them, how do you feel now? Pray with some expectation. We believe that you'll actually feel better in this moment. Not because of our fantastic prayers, but because of who God is. When you finish praying, wave at me. When your group is finished praying, wave at me. Somebody wave at me when you finish, okay? Got one here, one here, one back here. Good. Okay, this group here, which one, which one's finished? Both of you guys finished? Okay, how'd it go? How'd it go? Who are we praying for? You guys right there? How was it? It's good, how do you feel? Feel better? That's good. Lord, fill them. Just fill them with your joy. Fill them with your joy. Who else? Who else waved at me? You guys right here? How we doing? Are we doing good? Good? Yeah. Back here? Somebody waved at me. If they prayed, they prayed with somebody. And it was like one of the few times that they've ever prayed for somebody for something like this. One of the few times that they've prayed for something like this in this moment. Anybody? Right here? How was that for you? It was good? Humbling? Were you nervous? Yeah? Yeah, good. You had to fight through some of that? Who did you pray for? Santiago? I say that right? Okay. How was it when she was praying for you? Is it all right? <laughs> so good. So good. All right, anybody else waving at me, waving at me? Okay, if you're still praying, I want you to keep praying. If you're still praying, I want you to keep praying. If you're finished, I want you to sit down. I want you to sit down. And pay attention because you, well, don't get comfortable sitting down because we're going to stand up here again in just a second. Some of you may. All right, here, here's, the next, here's the next thing that I think the Lord wants to highlight in lives. How many of you ever dealt, have, have you ever, you've ever dealt with hopelessness in your life? You ever dealt with hopelessness? Raise your hand. Raise your hand for me. Yeah? Okay. Dealt with hopelessness in your life. We believe that any place where you don't have hope in your life is a place where the enemy, where the devil, where Satan, this one that wars against us all the time, it's a place where he shouldn't have access he shouldn't have influence. But because you don't have hope, he does have influence. All right, so here's, here's the first, first area of hopelessness I want us to deal with right now. If you've ever dealt, or if you're dealing currently, right now, if you are dealing currently with hopelessness in your life, in your life, related to purpose, to identity, who you are, what you're here for. I don't know, I'm confused, whatever. But if you're dealing with hopelessness in this way, like I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know, it's, and it's like, it's this real hope, hopeless thing. If you're dealing with that in your life right now, can you, can you be brave for me? Can you be brave for me and stand up? Like hopelessness related to identity, to purpose, to what I'm supposed to do, what I'm, what I'm here for, what am, I, what am I doing in this life? Okay, okay, we got people that are standing up. 
standing up, so turn around, look, look. Same thing, same thing. If you prayed for somebody, I want you to pray for somebody different this time. Pray for somebody different this time. All right, so now we're going to gather. We're going to gather with the people that are standing up. Go to the people that are standing up. Pray for somebody different this time. Pray for somebody different. Interview, same thing. Interview. What's this area in your life that's hopeless? What is it? What what is all this about? Talk to me about it. And then we're going to pray for those specific things. You are the hands and feet of Jesus right now. And guess what? You're not professionals. But this is, this is the normal life, following him. Interview, let them speak, and then you speak into that situation of hopelessness. There is no area in your life, no area in your life, where you should be hopeless. The price that was paid for all of us gave us reason, 100% of the time, to be hopeful in 100% of the situations that we face. Speak life into those areas. When you're done, wave at me, holler at me. Okay, who are we praying for back there? Wave your hand at me if you're praying, if if we're praying for, okay, there we are, right there. All right, how was it? Somebody relay to me what he's saying. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs up. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, who was praying? Who was praying? Wave at me if you were one, one of the ones that was praying back there. If you were praying for, all right. Okay, any of those that raised their hands, were you guys like, first this is some of the, one of the first times or kind of like I'm not used to this but I did it I just went ahead and did it any of that for you guys any of you no but you prayed good good job back here back here who waved at me over here who are we praying for how was it how was it that's good who was praying all right do you do this all the time or is this kind of new for you sometimes all right how, how was it when he was praying with you? Is it good? Needs improvement? Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome. Man, we just speak hope, the hope of Jesus into every heart here. Into every heart here. Wherever there was a void with this hopeless feeling, we just speak hope and life into that place in the name of Jesus. You guys are doing so awesome. This is normal. I know this is like, oh, this is kind of weird though, but this is like, this is normal. This is the privilege of this life that you get to live. Okay, as you're finished, wave at me. And if, you, if you're waving at me, then that means you're good. You can sit down. You sit down so I know that you're finished. Were we waving back here? Yeah, how was it? How was it? Good. Two thumbs up. All right. Who is praying with you? Or who are you praying for? Right here? You praying for each other? Yeah. And it was good? It was good. How do you feel? Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. It's way better. Okay, if you're praying, still pray. Praying, still pray. 
All right, here's, here's one that I want to go at, that I always like to go after. It's like, he, he's just, the Lord is real. He just is. And I can sit up here and say it all day long. But a lot of times the way that you experience that, the way that you know he's real is through each other, through stuff like this. If there's a place, if there's an area in your life that you are hopeless in, and it's health related, like it's health related, like you got some condition, the doctors are saying, you know what, this is just going to keep going on, it's just going to be with you for, and it, it doesn't even have to be like, you know, really bad, it's like, you know, I hurt myself in football, or I was playing, or I was walking and I hurt, whatever, something health related, you got something health related that's going on that maybe you feel hopeless in, maybe you don't, but you just want to see the Lord do something wonderful. If that's you, if you got something health-related going, and health-related could be the mind. I mean, you could have something going on in your head that affects your body, all those kind of things. If you got something health-related going on, can you stand up for me? Can you be brave? Stand up for me? Because we want to pray about that. One back there, two up here. Anything health-related. doesn't have to be serious. These don't have to be serious conditions. We just want to see the Lord get what he paid for. Believe that he paid a price for this. All right, we got two back there. Okay. Okay. I'm going to guide you in a little bit of this. All right. So we've got two, two, one. All right. Gather around. Gather around. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Interview again. What's going on? What are we praying about? What are we praying about? All right. If it's, if it's appropriate... I want you to like, you know, I'm like my, it's my head, something going on in my head. Does somebody put a hand on their head? It's appropriate. If it's not, then use some wisdom. Don't put your hands in places they shouldn't be. Interview them. Ask them what's going on. And then I want you to speak to that condition. I want you to speak to that condition. Migraines, constant migraines. Can't get rid of them. Or this thing's going on internally inside my organs. Don't know what's going to happen. Speak to those conditions. If it's a headache, I know it sounds kind of weird, but speak to the headache. Tell the headaches to leave. Tell the pain to leave. Interview them. Ask them where they're at. Ask them where they're at from a pain standpoint. Where are you at? You know, be like a good nurse. Say, where are you at on a scale from zero to ten? Where are you at right now? And then pray. Speak to that condition. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you believe in this stuff or not. It's not like a prerequisite. Just speak to it in the name of Jesus. And then re-interview. Re-interview. They're experiencing pain. They were. It was like at a 7 or it was like at a 9 or whatever. Ask them what it is now. Re-interview. You don't have to be long, drawn-out prayers. Speak to the condition. Call life to those areas. Restoration to those areas. In Jesus' name. And then re-interview. Ask them where they're at. What's going on? How you feeling? All right? If it hasn't changed, pray again. It's okay. Pray again. This isn't counting on you to say your best prayers. The Lord isn't counting on that. He just wants you to go after it. He's the healer you want. So no pressure on your part. You just have a responsibility to pray. We speak life. We speak health speak healing into those areas and let's just see let's just see what the Lord is going to do remember after you finish praying for him the first time re-interview where we at now 
How do you feel now? Did you experience anything different? Some, if, you, if they didn't come in with any pain, well, then there's not going to be any difference. But just ask them how they're, how they're feeling, what they're experiencing. Those that are being prayed for, pay attention to what's going on in your body. Pay attention to what you experience right now. Pay attention to what's happening as people are praying for you. finish with the second interview, with the re-interview. Kind of wave your hand at me. Anybody finished yet? We finished over here? Okay, who, who are we praying for over here? This, the two guys? These two guys? Who? who right here? Okay, tell me real quickly what was going on. Can I come out here? Is that alright? going to be good? All right, real quickly, what was going on? Ankle and foot injuries in general. All right, are you an athlete? Okay, well, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing to have ankle and foot. All right, so who, who was praying? Who was praying? You were praying with him, okay, for him? All right, how did it go? What did you experience in the middle of that? It went well. So tell me about it. Right, so you're trying to cover that up with you know, kind of trying try to be happy when it when it hurts. What about when you came in here? How was the pain when you came in here? Was it was it? Did you feel it? <laughs> That's right. Be ready to go by June. Okay, so what did when when they were praying? Did you experience anything? Did it go from like this point to this point? Did it just stay the same? We don't. Okay, all right, that's good. We don't need you making up anything for like the sake of, <laughs> yeah, it worked, but it didn't really work. That's okay. We don't need that. All right, so, but you did, and, and this is a good point because people should be blessed when you pray for them, even if something doesn't happen, even if they don't experience anything that happens. We've seen so many people that they go home, and they, it's like they wake up in the morning like, wait, wait a second, I was feeling that, but now, now I feel better. And that's, it's just you guys being responsible, being like, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your life. It's awesome, man. So your comfort level is up. Your spirits are up. It's good. People should be blessed when you pray for them. Too many people have left with these moments where we pray for them, and they're like, man, I feel worse than I did before they started praying for me. That can't be the case anymore. It cannot be the case anymore. Who else? Was there somebody else over here? All right. What was going on? Can you say? Okay. How do you feel right now? Okay. All right, you feel more comfortable. What were they praying about? Oh, right, can you say? I'm sorry. Okay. Good, good, good. And so you came in, and it was like, man, maybe this is still going on, and maybe I feel, I feel more comfortable. I feel like this is, like this is better. Obviously, it's better to feel more comfortable than not, right? Okay, good, good. You guys are doing such an awesome job. I mean, this is. This is so much about like the normal life. Hello there, AC unit again. Okay, who, where else? Where else are we at here? Over here? Somewhere right here. Santiago, is that right? Yeah, wh what were we praying about? Oh, can, you don't have to say. You don't have to say if you don't want to. Okay, all right, so like some shame and stuff involved with that. All right, how you feeling now, man? Good, better? 
so good. That's so good. Man. Who was praying? Who was part of this little prayer team here? All you guys around here? How many of you was like some of the first times that you prayed for stuff like this? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? Good. You guys are doing good already. Way to go. Way to go. All right, back here. Back here, who are we praying for? All right. What were we praying about? Okay. How did that go? All right. All right. Good. Who was praying over there? Raise your hand. Wave at me if you were praying. Praying. So good. Listen, I want you to guys, I want you to guys, listen. The Lord has just done such wonderful things, even in this moment. Even if you realize it or not. Can, can we just give him a big hand? Can we just give him a big hand? Yeah. He's showing up. And you can, you can find your spot. You can sit down. So much of what you just did, so much of what you just went through, so much of what you just experienced, whether you, the one, you were the one praying or being prayed for. Like all of this that you felt, like, man, I felt like I met the Lord in that moment. That's supposed to be normal. That's just the normal life that you get to live all the time. All the time. It doesn't have to be this thing where like, okay, Wednesday nights, hopefully something will happen in there. And then I go home and it's like, ah, all the time, all the time, every day. What I hope you leave here with from, from that is that you were the hands and feet of Jesus. I didn't reach out and pray for anybody. You guys did. You guys are the one that live, ones that live right here. You guys are the ones that are going to shape things and affect things. You guys are the ones that are going to advance the kingdom and see transformation right here. And you did that. You got to experience that. And people, because you were here, which is supposed to happen everywhere, people got to see who Jesus really is because you showed up you showed up everywhere you go you get the privilege of introducing people to this one that we call Jesus whether you open your mouth or not so proud of you guys so awesome you did so well you did so well It'd be a great tragedy if all of that just stayed right here. If all of it just stayed right here. Some of you just wrote a little bit of your history with the Lord in these moments. Don't lock it up and hide it somewhere. Let people know. Let people know. They're dying to hear your story. Good job, you guys. Good job. Give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. Thanks, Zeke. All right, 7.50. I better make this quick. <laughs> um, does anybody have to be anywhere in the next hour and a half? I'm just, I'm just kidding. I really, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to what this says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2.
Because this is like, this is my prayer for all of us. And this is like, you experienced this. These aren't words that you're just hearing. That, that, this, this is something that you actually experienced. This guy is writing to these, these people and, and he's, he's just fixing to talk to them about the Lord, fixing to talk to them about Jesus. And he said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. And this is a smart guy. He had wise and persuasive words. But he said, my message and my preaching, they, they weren't with that. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, of God's power. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And it's what you just experienced right here in this moment. You have something to be anchored to. It's the power of the Lord. It's his power. Not on somebody's fancy prayers. It's his power that you get to anchor your faith in that. And that'll hold up. It'll stand the test of time. And so my prayer for us tonight and this weekend as we go, and, I, and really, whether you like what I say tonight or not, I hope you come this weekend. Because I'm really, I've been praying about, about, about this time that I get to spend with you guys. I've been asking the Lord about it. And I think it's just going to be so much fun. I know it's going to be fun. But I think he really wants to do some significant things in your lives over the course of these next few days and in ways where we can count on him and we can trust him and he's got to show up to do what only he can do which is what you guys just you guys just walk through that right now it's faith it's risk lord if you don't show up i don't know this is going to be bad but he did and he showed up and he did only what he could do and you didn't hear about that. You lived it in this moment. That's why these things are important. So, real quickly, I love talking about God with people. I love talking about God the Father. I love talking about Jesus the Son. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I love God the Father, you know, he, he's, just, he's just the perfect Father. For some of you, that is the best thing that you'll hear all night tonight. That he's a perfect Father. You haven't experienced that in life. You don't know what that is. Or you've, it's, it's, you know, your earthly father has been anything but perfect. But he's a perfect father. He's good. He's just so good. And this is, like, this is the one that we get to call God. This is the one that is looking down and saying, oh, there's my boys. There's my girls. There's my sons. There's my daughters. Those are the ones that I want to be with. Those are the ones that I desire, that I pursue, that I'm not missing anything in their lives that I'm always turning my heart and my attention and my affection to them, even if they're not towards me. He's just perfect. He's perfect. I'm a good dad. I try really hard to be a good dad. I do things to just really try and be a good father, but I'm nowhere near perfect. But you and I, you and I, we get to call, call God this perfect father. We call him dad, and he'll never let us down. No matter what we think, no matter what questions we have, well, Matt, if he's, if he's so good and if he's a perfect father, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? And why did this happen? And why didn't he, if he's good, why didn't he stop all this? So regardless of our questions, all the stuff that we have to fight through, fundamentally, he's just good and he's a perfect father. And all the other stuff that goes on in our lives and all the other things that we war with and all the other things that we deal with, you know, some of that stuff that we ask God and we blame on God, 
you know, my question is like, where are we? Where are we? What are we doing? I mean, it's easy to throw stuff at him and say, God, why didn't you, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Or why but what are we doing? What am I doing? You know, how much responsibility has he given, has he let us live in as his sons and his daughters? It's like, I, I, I left you there. I left you there to do what you guys just did in those moments. I left you there. What are we doing? What am I doing? A lot of times I'm just blaming him. What he's not doing. He's like, but I left you there. Left you there. Jesus the son. Just the most compelling figure in the history of mankind. I love this, this, um, this phrase that, that my buddy Charlton uses. He's just Jesus just makes sense. Just makes sense. He always has. He always will. Whether they believed him, whether they thought he made sense or not, doesn't matter. He always makes sense. Most compelling figure. The world has changed because he graced this planet as the Son of God and as 100% man, living like you and I. 100% man, living like you and I. And the only way that he was able to live that perfect life through the Spirit of God the same Spirit of God that you and I have access to, that, you, that, that lives in us and upon us, those of us that follow Jesus, the Spirit of God in us and upon us. It's the same Spirit. Jesus said, listen, after, after, he, after he was crucified, after he was buried, after he rose up, after he, was, after he ascended into heaven and was glorified, it's like he sent the Spirit back to be with us, in us, and upon us. So that you and I can live these lives and be just like Jesus. That's crazy, I know. And it wouldn't be possible if he wasn't 100% man. But he invites you into this life. It says, come follow me. And it's a radical, crazy, adventurous life. And there is no other life like it. He says, come follow me. And when he says, come follow me, he says, come be like me. And don't tell me that you can't be like me because I'm God's son and because I was God. Yes, that's true. But he was 100% man, meaning that you and I have zero excuses. That through the spirit of God, we can be just like Jesus in this lifetime. Any situation that we find ourselves in, any place, any realm that we find ourselves in, the spirit of the Lord, it is the access to actually seeing heaven on earth. To watching heaven invade earth. You know, I don't know if this is news for you, but you were born and in, into and to live on planet earth as actually an alien to this planet. You were put here to represent another kingdom, another realm into this world. Into the world that you walk in every single day. This is what everybody else calls normal life. And I am here as an alien into this, like from another planet. I'm here in to, to live this life, to represent another realm, another kingdom, a perfect king, a perfect father, and to represent him well. And to be Jesus through the spirit of God, to be Jesus everywhere that I go, to say the things that he said, to do the things that he did. It's, you got to read that book you got to read that. It's so good. Jesus really does make sense. And he's supposed to make sense through all of you, through me, as we follow him and as we live these lives. You forfeited. You and I have forfeited 
a life of insignificance. If you say yes to Jesus, if you choose him, if you say I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life, you have essentially forfeited a life of insignificance. You don't get to play that card anymore. You don't get to play that card that says, well, who am I or what am I supposed to do? Or, I don't know. Well, it's just a little old me. I can't do it. You forfeited that. You don't get to use that anymore. Because you were born, built, and created to live this life of significance, following him. You were built to shape culture, to transform, to see transformation in the world around you. You were built to make history, to change the world. You know, Jesus gathered these 12 guys that just lived life with him. He called them their disciples, his disciples. He gathered these guys with him and said, walk with me, be like me, be like me, be like me. And, 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 and you know what? They just, they just did. At the end of his life, at the end of that three years that they were with him every single day, they just did. They were like him. And they changed the world. And it's why you and I are here today. That's why you and I are even talking about Jesus here in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Because Jesus took a group of guys and said, come follow me. Twelve. I mean, not like thousands, not millions, twelve. One of them actually dropped out of the program. In a terrible way. <laughs> and he took these guys. And he said, I'm leaving. Wait, you can't go anywhere, Jesus. I mean, we've been walking around with you this whole time. And, and we believe that you're the son of God now. I mean, it took us a while to get to that point. But, but we actually believe that you're the son of God now. And, and we love this life with you. You can't go anywhere. And Jesus says these crazy things. Like, it's better if I go. What? It's better if you go. We've seen you walk on water and feed thousands and heal people and deliver people and set people free. What could be better? What could be better than you being here, right here with us all the time? How is any other scenario, any other possibility better for us? He said, it's better if I go, because if I don't go, I can't spend the spirit back to be in you, to be upon you, so that all of you at the same time can be like me. And he took these 12 guys and he showed them how to live life. This is how you live life, filled with, empowered by the Spirit. This is how you do it. He took those 12 guys and said, now you go do the same. And these guys weren't guys that just had, all, had their act together and they were just 100% like, woohoo, we are, we are devoted followers of you. We just love the Lord. Now they had all these kind of questions. They didn't know what they believed in. They didn't know what they were, what they, what they were gonna do. They did all these crazy things. And he said, I'm gonna take this group of guys and I am literally going to change the world. From those guys, from those guys, this Jesus movement started and spread until here 2,000 years later. We're right here saying some of the same things that he brought those guys up with. And if those 12 guys, if those 11 guys could walk out of there and could take this story of who Jesus was, and if they could represent Jesus accurately, filled with, empowered by the Holy Spirit to the world around them. And if that could spread across the continent and spread across the ocean to where you and I are here thousand, a couple thousand years later living this thing out. Then you and I have no excuses at all. You do not get to live a life of insignificance. You weren't born for that. It doesn't matter what you believe. You were not born for a life of insignificance.
You were built, you were born to encounter him, to experience him, to experience this God like you just did, and to fall into this deep, intimate relationship with him, not just know about him, not just read about him. My wife and I have been married for over 18 years now. And when we were, you know, when we were going through the dating phase and, and I was like, man, I, I just really, you know, it's, it's the story of like, of like the queen and, and I was like the jester. And so it's like this improbable, you know, couple and, and, and she should not be paying me any attention at all, but, but I kind of flew under the radar and so found my way to, into her good graces. And so, but when we were, when we were deciding to get married, I didn't say, man, all right, this is awesome. Uh, I haven't seen her. I don't know what she looks like, but I have these articles about her, and they're really good. And I read through them, and I have this, and it, and it goes through the, kind of this profile, and, um, and, and I know about her, and, I, and it's just, she seems, she seems great. I think I'm going to commit the rest of my life to her. I'm going to marry her. This is going to be so fun. Haven't met her. Haven't, no, I, I didn't, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't do that. That's dumb you would do is you would want to experience, you would want to encounter them, you would want to be face to face with them. That's what I wanted. Like I wanted time with her. I don't want to just read about her. I wanted, to I wanted her to experience me. I wanted to experience her. I wanted to encounter her. I wanted to know her and I wanted her to know me. One of the awesome things about this life is that you were born, you were created to know him and be known by him. To know him and to be known by him. I mean, think of some of your favorite celebrities. Think of some of the people that like, man, if they, can't, if they walk like into this room and they walk through those back doors right there and they looked at me and they said, hey, Cassius, what's up? We want to go hang out or something like that. It's like, whoa, I can't believe that person knows me. My daughter, is, she loves Hamilton. She loves and she sings all the songs. And she's 13 years old. And so like if Lin-Manuel Miranda walked in the door and said, Chloe, what's happening? I've been waiting to hang out. Well, I mean, that'd be kind of weird because she's 13 and he's older or whatever. But he's like, I've been, Chloe, I know you. Like Chloe would go crazy. Chloe would go crazy. Why? Because he knows her. He knows her. You have the privilege not only knowing him, but he knows you. He walks into this room. Jesus walks into this room, the most compelling figure that has ever existed in the history of humanity. And he walks in and he says, I know him. I know her. I know him. I know her. You're like, what? You know, you know me? You know, you shouldn't know me. You should know some like, you know, famous people or something. You shouldn't know me. I know him. I know her. It's like, and I know you. I know you. I don't want to just read about you. I want to experience you. I want to encounter you. I want to know you. I want to be in this deep relationship with you, in this intimate relationship with you. Listen to what it says in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 16. This is what you were being invited into. This is, this is the life that you're being invited into. By the Son of God, the most compelling figure that has ever walked planet Earth. He is looking at you and he's looking at me. 
And he's inviting you into this. Jesus is saying, as the Father has loved me, as God the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, talking about all his disciples that are there, these guys that he's doing life with. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. How many of you just needed to hear that tonight? It's like, I need complete joy in my life and I need it from you, Father. Complete joy. Your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other. It's about relationship. Love each other. As I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for who? For his friends. Lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, which was a big deal back then. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. I said, come follow me. And appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. He's not telling them to go be like farmers and go plant fruit trees. He's saying, go pour into people. Make relationships important. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. You know, this, this relationship with, with Jesus, it, it, it is, um, there's no other way around it. You have to surrender. You have to throw your hands up. You have to surrender. You have to admit that you don't have it all figured out, that you, you, that you don't have all the right answers, that, that, that your way of doing it and going out on your own, it's just not working for you, and it's kind of leading this little train wreck of a life. You've got you've to admit all that. You've got to surrender that. And when you surrender and when you admit all of that, it's like, yeah, you're calling him Lord. You're calling him master. And it starts there. It starts there. For most of us, it never gets, that, it never gets past that point. Following Jesus is like, you're Lord, you're master. Just tell me what to do. I'm just going to go do it. And I'm just going to keep doing it. And it's going to be my duty. And it's going to be my responsibility. And all those things are good. But he, the creator of the universe, you talk about Jesus as the one that breathed this world into existence. He is inviting you, he's inviting me into this friendship. We say, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. I'm calling you a friend. What's the difference between a servant and a friend? Well, a servant doesn't know the master's business, but a friend. A friend knows. You think about your own friendships. You care about what each other cares about. If you care about something, I care about something. What if I don't care about it? Well, I do care about it because you're my friend, because we're in deep relationship with each other. No longer do I call you servants, call you friends. That's astounding to me. That the God of the universe would invite you, not into this place where you were just servant and master. If that was it, that would be enough. But he invited you into this place where he says, I'll look down and I'm going to call you my friend. I'm going to let you know what my heart is about. And we're going to exchange this intimacy with each other. And you get to be about my business. And I'll always be about your business. Because we're friends. And it's not like this, hey, dude. And, you know, when I, heard, when I was in college, I heard guys pray, like, 
pray these prayers like, God, yo, dude, I just want to, and I'm like, oh man, I got to back up. I might get struck by lightning here or something. And it's, it's not that we can't talk to God honestly, or something, but, but it's something like, God, all right, he is father. He's perfect father. If I talk to my father like that, he might slap me or something. But, but this friendship, it communicates intimacy where he has invited you into something that you absolutely don't deserve. I absolutely don't deserve. It would be enough. I'm just servant for the rest of my life. He's Lord, he's master, but for him, that's just the beginning place because he's inviting you in deeper. We're not worth it. We get that. None of us are. Certainly not deep friendship. You're not worth that. I'm not worth that. I'm not worthy of him saying, hey, listen, man, I want you to be my friend. I'm, you know, I just feel like I'm worthy. He just, you know, tell me what to do, I'll just go do it. But how do we, how do we, you know, how do we figure out worth? How do we figure out value? If, I have, if I've got a handful of dirt, and you wouldn't pay me 10 cents, you wouldn't pay me a dime for my handful of dirt, I say, hey, I got this handful of dirt. I'm not giving you a nickel. I'm not giving you a dime. I'm not giving you anything for that handful of dirt. But if somebody comes along and says, man, I'll give you $10 million for that handful of dirt, what's my handful of dirt worth? What's the value of my handful of dirt? It's not the dime or the nickel that you wouldn't give me. It's $10 million. Because worth and value is determined by what somebody is willing to pay. You're a handful of dirt. I'm a handful of dirt. In the creation story, that's how we started. From dust came man. God created all that. You're a handful of dirt. I'm a handful of dirt. Some of you, it's like your precious dirt. You're like rich soil. It's good. Some of you are contaminated soil. Some of you are just dirt bags. You're terrible. You say things you shouldn't say. You treat people the ways you shouldn't treat them. You're rude. You're mean. You're dirtbags. I imagine all of us have kind of been dirtbag before at some point in our life. But you're dirtbags. But all of us, handfuls of dirt. Handfuls of dirt. And the perfect father looks at whatever category that you fall into there or you feel like you fall into. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay this extravagant price for that handful of dirt, for that handful of dirt, for that rich soil, for that contaminated soil, for that dirt bag. I'm going to pay an extravagant price that is beyond measure, that you cannot measure this. I'm going to give the life of my son. He's going to stretch out on a cross he's going to die so that I can pay for that handful of dirt that I call son, that I call daughter. And in that moment, he defined your value. He defined your worth. You don't get to roll through life saying, I'm not worth something. I'm not valuable. You don't get to do that because he determined your worth your value by the price that he was willing to pay for you, the price that he was willing to pay for me, for a bunch of dirt. 
He brought beauty from ashes. He mined gold out of what we call the dirt of our lives. That's who you are. That's who you'll always be. The world may say 97 different other things, but that's who you'll always be. The creator of the universe looked down at me and said, I want to be in complete wholeness with them. I have to have her. And here's the crazy thing. Didn't guarantee the death of his son. Didn't guarantee anything for him. Didn't guarantee that you would choose him. His son paid a price for a chance with you. I wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. But I don't love like he loves. I don't care like he cares. I don't see you like he sees you. I want to. I want to. But he looked at you and me and said, for a chance with them, for a chance with them, I will pay the most extravagant price without measure. You can't measure this. I will pay the price of my son for a chance with them. They doesn't guarantee that they choose me, but if they do, if they do, I'll call them son. Call them daughter. They'll get to have me as their perfect father. They'll get to live a life of royalty on planet Earth. No matter how, how they feel, no matter how much they have or what they don't have, they will be princes and princesses in this lifetime because of who I am as a father to them just for a chance with them. It's the life that you and I have been called into. I'm going to invite the worship guys up. I'm going to close out tonight. I want you to stand with me. But Matt, what do I do? I don't know if I can do anything. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to accomplish? I'm just, a, I'm just a college kid. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm not going to be a preacher. I'm not going to be a minister. I'm not going to be a pastor. Good. 97% of you aren't going to be. But we must have you. The kingdom needs you. You have to be those that you were called to be. You have to live out your true destiny, your true identity. He's written it on each one of your hearts, whether you realize it or not. He thought about you before you were even born. He had all of these good works created for you to do, for you to affect humanity, for you to change the world. He had all of that in mind before anybody had a thought about you. And now he's just waiting. Which one of my sons, which one of my daughters is going to lay hold of their destiny? Is going to live out their true identity and run with that and see the world around them changed? You have to be sprinkled into society. Every one of you has been given a sphere of influence to affect. Every single one of you. Well, man, I don't feel like I'm in a place of influence. Well, yes, you are. 
there are people that you, there are lives that you reach into that nobody else will be able to reach into. And they must know Jesus because you stepped into their lives. We get to be his children. We get to call him Father. You get to be like Jesus in this lifetime. Filled with and empowered by the same Holy Spirit that filled with, filled and empowered the Son of God. World changers, history makers, those that shape and mold culture. I live to see a city changed. I live to see cities bow to the name of Jesus. And guess what? That's not going to happen in Las Cruces until that university changes. Until a bunch of kids that are just burning with this destiny in their hearts. And I'm meant for something more in this lifetime. And I know I was created for something more. And I know my life is not insignificant. And people will know Jesus because I stepped onto the scene. And I don't know what that looks like and I don't know what that sounds like. But I know that I can be like Him. And I will give my life to being like Him. Seeing the world around me transformed. Not because I stepped on the scene, because you were there. Little old me, yes. Little old you. You showed up. Because you showed up, Jesus showed up. And when Jesus shows up, people's lives change. You have forfeited a life. If you choose Him, you have forfeited a life of insignificance. You don't get to play that card anymore. Your value has already been written. It's already been paid for. It's already been determined. It's already been defined. You don't get to call yourself just a handful of dirt anymore. You don't get to be a dirt bag anymore. You don't get to be contaminated soil anymore. Because he's digging the gold out of all of that. He's digging the treasure out of all of that. Those that he is calling to be his sons and his daughters. no insignificance in this lifetime if you live the life you were born built and created to live so father we love you we honor you we just bless your holy name and lord some of us in here we don't even know what we believe but that's all right you're still calling us anyway and that's all right. You still paid the price for us anyway. <laughs> In their hearts right now, Lord. Let that desire to live out the destiny that they were built for just burn in them. Just burn in each one of them. That everything that you have brought them through, everything that you have brought them into, that there's just more with you. And it will be our privilege to live the rest of our lives calling you a perfect father, no matter what our earthly father was like, that you embrace us 
perfect father. Just loves his kids, loves his sons, loves his daughters, loves to be with them. It's not angry, that's not disappointed with them. It's calling life out of them. All the shame, Lord, that we carried in here. Release us from that. Break any shackles, any chains, whether that's addiction, whether that's mental health, whether that's physical stuff. Just break all of that, Father. So that we can be free. We can live free. And we can love radically. Serve unconditionally without an agenda. Because we want to see other people encounter and experience you. Because we showed up. Give us the courage. Just be who you built us to be. nothing in our past none of our mistakes none of our failures none of the crazy stuff that's happened to us gets to define us gets to tell us what our worth or our value is let that be rooted so deep in our hearts that you just paid a price for us beyond measure you gave the life of your son so that we wouldn't be bags of dirt anymore be your kids we would be family thank you for drawing us to you and drawing us to each other let us do family well you are overwhelmingly good Father, just reign your goodness over all of us in here in this moment. That we will never be the same again because you have touched our lives and we have encountered and experienced you. And maybe we stood up for the first time and said that you're real and nobody gets to take that away from us because the history that we wrote tonight with you Nobody gets to take that away from us. It's ours. Thank you for meeting us. We thank you for drawing close to us. We want to draw close to you. In such a deep way. You call this into friendship with you. We don't get that. We don't understand that. But at the same time, it's true. know you. We want to be known by you in this lifetime. We want to live out that privilege. We want to bring people along with us. Holy Spirit, just come and fill us again. Let us flow like a river. We don't want to be ponds that stagnate. We just want to be rivers that flow. And everywhere we go, they may see you whether they realize it or not that they'll glorify you 
because of who you are, who you've called us to be. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I ask and that I bless. And we all pray.